Ho ho, Merry Christmas, apparently I'm live. I'll do that again. Ho ho ho, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, if I didn't go out live in time, uh, I just did that twice, hence the little giggle. Uh, hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines NXT Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and I'm joining you for the last time in 2020 for an NXT review. I'm taking two weeks off for Christmas. I say off, there's still all the end of year stuff, so I'm going to be doing wrestling things. It's not ending or th- anything like that. Like, no, I'll still be doing things, but I've got my Santa hat on. It's Christmas a week tomorrow, or a week today for me, because it's midnight. Friday has begun. <laughs> it's Christmas in one week. I've got my Santa hat on. I'm getting in the mood. Finally being able to put up my Christmas tree in my house is slightly unconnected, but I've been uh, having an extension on the house, and it's uh, meant that no Christmas can't happen, because it is, not- yeah, again... Not rich enough to just, oh, just move it to the garage. <laughs> like, no. Uh, having an extension built meant that, because with, with more extended a room, and to put the floor down, that entire room's had to be emptied. Meaning that the where we've normally put the Christmas tree, can't put it there. <laughs> Literally no floor. But finally that got put in uh, this morning. So Imp can finally do Christmas. I've got my hat on. So normally I'm like, a, um, like partway through December, the hat goes on and it, it comes. It stays on every day. <laughs> like properly try to get into Christmas and bring up the spirit, uh, build up to it. And this year, no, not happened. Just, just not happen. If there was a year for for me to go, nah, it's just not happened. No, this is the year. Santa hat doesn't go on until one week before Christmas this time. No build up really, and I'm just busy. I'm still busy thinking about other things. Christmas is so in the background. I just don't. This is not a thing this time. But NXT, they put out their uh, their build towards New Year's Eve, which is airing on January 6th, and this show was moving on from War Games and going towards that. Uh, Also, just a little note, uh, I've got a new microphone. If anyone was watching me on the Wrestling Shorts Twitch channel on Wednesday, heard my microphone go a little bit. Mm, mm. So uh, I immediately bought a new one, and it arrived within 24 hours, so isn't technology amazing? Anyway, so uh, the NXT review. So anyway, hollow if there's any issues or anything. It sounded fine to me, but again, brand new microphone. We'll see how it goes. But the NXT review uh, to end 2020 for me. It, it is a, uh, I call it another building block one, but it's a, it's the first, I call it switching gears as well, where the cards were laid on the table last week in terms of New Year's Evil. Here the blocks were put into place. So you got, a few, got quite a few match announcements. You got number one contenders being crowned as well. You got rivalries looking a bit more certain to have a clash at New Year's Evil. Uh, I'll get to that in the main event. But yeah, there was just a show doing that. And I guess I, for my overall review of it, I think I say for me, uh, it was a show that dragged in places. Uh, well, I just again, the reason I brought up the, the this being my penultimate review things uh, of the year in terms of anything, the reason I brought that up is just that I'm fully aware that in my head, me knowing once I've watched this, I've got two more, two weeks of not having to do it. I've got the TLC review at the weekend and then I think it's just end of year stuff after that. So I've not, and then they, oh, well, end of year stuff and Wrestle Kingdom stuff, those two things. So I've not got, I'm not watching any kind of live TV. I'm going to completely cut off from, be it AW, be it NXT, Raw, SmackDown, what have you. I'm not going to watch anything. (laughs) My plan is for... Well, there's New Year. There's the eight. I'm not gonna tune in until the New Year stuff. So I think I'll watch the AEW first half of their New Year's thing, and then it'll be Wrestle Kingdom on the fourth, the fifth, and then you've got the second half of AEW's thing, and you've got NXT. Um, I guess a little caveat will be I reckon I might it might be three weeks off just because of the because just because of covering Wrestle Kingdom. So we'll be live on this channel with the Wrestle Kingdom reviews on the fourth and the fifth, but that does mean like Raw and SmackDown. So Vaughn NXT might get a bit dropped behind, but ho, 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 it happens. <laughs> Did I really just do... Oh, okay. <laughs> but NXT this week was all about new- setting up some blocks for News Evil. You uh, got Johnny Gargano and the family. I forgot what the way, as they're called. Uh, they got a bit of momentum at the start. At the end, you had Raquel Gonzalez and Ray Ripley with another big hoss stare down. You had uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne in the number one contenders match. Karrion Cross and Damian Priest being made official. So the, and uh, the 
announcement of Dexter Loomis as host. So there's quite a lot of things falling into place. Uh, as the, sh- the show itself, for me, because um, I saw quite a bit of positivity on this show, and uh, the general consensus I saw this week, NXT was the better show. Which, again, for me, it's great to see both shows swapping. Because, uh, uh, again, I've been kind of critical on NXT, but it comes from a place of love. <laughs> I do enjoy NXT, even though I would say that I'm... Yeah, I'm not exactly... Uh, I can't think of the word. I'm not. I'm not super enamoured by either show. I kind of just rotate what I'm enjoying. As in, I really enjoy what I'm watching. I'm not super in love with one and then on the other one. That's kind of what I meant. There isn't one that's just pulled me in and uh, and I've become like a massive fan of one of them. I have to watch that one beforehand. Like it changes every few weeks which one I want to watch first. And uh, this week it was NXT. Just I don't know why the past two weeks of AW have been fantastic, and for me smashed out NXT out of the water and even engulfed War Games in that with their win for his coming. But with uh, this week, yeah, AW put out a little building bot show again. Both shows were good. <laughs> it's just that personally, I kind of did enjoy NXT, and it felt like both shows this week kind of dragged a bit. And uh, but but also features some top notch telly wrestling, <laughs> so I can't. Uh, yeah. yeah. And NXT, I think the only difference was they were so directly building to uh, New Year's Evil that there was just a little bit more there, um, in terms of super tight direction just because it's a shorter window to then build to the thing. So it just felt a bit tighter this week. I know I might get a bit critical next week. Uh, I might have gotten a bit critical next week or maybe the week after with, well, it's rock- rocketing on. <laughs> but for this week's episode, it felt all right. It was fine. It, it doesn't feel rushed to me. I'm not going to get that issue because I'm not tuning back into NXT till New Year's Evil. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so but yeah, for me, the show, it's, I saw a lot of positivity. But for me, I did struggle a bit. And the, yeah, again, the reason I brought up this stuff earlier was because I'm a little bit aware with this being my final episode for NXT of the year. I'm, I'm looking past it. I'm looking what's happening next. I'm like, what have I got next type of thing. So, And quite often in that circumstance, like when you know you've got that big holiday coming, that final day or so of work, you kind of struggle to zone in a little bit. And yeah, I'm not going to lie, I'm really looking forward to having <laughs> two weeks with just very little wrestling, especially in comparison to what I cover now. And Because I will be still, I still have wrestling things to do. I can't completely tune out. But yeah, the fact with NXT, I don't have to cover Raw. I don't have to watch Raw. I don't have to cover NXT. Uh, I, I can just watch the bits I want. <laughs> type of thing. And I feel, like, I feel like this week that both AEW and NXT kind of fell into that same bracket of there were some really great moments in there, but as I showed for me, there was just a little bit of drag. And oftentimes for me, the NXT drag is worse than the AEW one. More often than not, the AEW one at least has some direction I can get into, while sometimes NXT feels a little bit fillery or a little bit... Like the building an act, but I'm not into the match that's happening. That happens quite a few times. But this week, I didn't think that was that bad. The parts where I was lesser invested in the show, at least I could see there was effort put in there, and uh, like a massive, a massive thumbs up for me. Uh, but to kind of show that, I'm just going to blast through in order. It wasn't really a major match to talk about. I'll get to the New Year's Evil build stuff when I do. First, a quick sip from the New Day mug. Mm. New Day mug. New day mug. <laughs> Kicked off the show with Kushida and Leon Ruff versus Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. And uh, a little sign at the start, Kushida and Leon Ruff were already in the ring to start off the show. Uh, getting straight into it, but then also The Way got their new entrance. Their official thing is the Gargano family now donned The Way as they uh, took on the former champion and his high-quality Damien Priest replacement. Damien Repeastment? No, that's crap. <laughs> Forced pun. Uh, Ruff getting his uh, one bouncy rope spot he gets in every match. <laughs> he got that one on. Uh, but Gargano and Theory were still getting caught after not taking the smaller man seriously. After all that's happened, they're still not taking him seriously, still getting caught by him because of it. There, there are no lessons to learn if you're the baddie who believes he knows everything. Uh, Kushida with the aggressive hot tag. Some gusto for our seemingly next contender for Johnny. Our baddies looking like they might pay the price after being able to put Leon away. Uh, but the Jersey Duo tactics finally grabbed them victory. Theory in the end with an awesome looking finish. The underhooks spinning rough up and rotating into a flatliner. That looked great. And uh, yeah, picks up the win. And 
for me, I saw this match as cementing the way and Kushida kind of, in terms of the rankings in the NA Championship, you've got Ruff taking a loss and Kushida looking like that aggressive kind of badass in the process, but uh, he doesn't really fall down. If anything, he's lifted a bit just because of how little he's been featured after they got over his aggressive character thing to be like, yeah, you've done it, you've nailed it. Now you just need to give him a storyline because he's seemingly got that momentum as a character and they had seemingly had nothing for him. <laughs> he just fell to the wayside. And now it's like, yes, maybe something to chew on. Assumably, maybe. Uh, I've pick, I, I assume it could be Kushida versus Gargano because Ruff versus Gargano, especially after this loss here, doesn't really have any momentum to me. Damien Priest has moved on to Karrion Cross, so he's moving up the card. Uh, yeah, don't really see much else of Champa other than Kushida. And Kushida's somebody who's needed something. So if that is the match for New Year's Evil, uh, then I'm all for that match. The rest of themselves, bloody amazing. <laughs> but it's weird to say that now, with NXT and the creative, I don't trust them as much as I did that I would be into the feud. I think it's just because coming out of Rough Priest and Gargano, which I was never really that into... I found bit like I was, I guess I could I could say I still found enjoyment in it because it's not main roster. When I say when I say that sentence on the main roster, when I say didn't really find enjoyment in it, and when I talk about the main roster, often that means I was like actively irritated, <laughs> like it actively got to me. But with NXT, it's like no, it's still in, I still find enjoyment in it. It's just uh, I wouldn't say I was invested, and uh, yeah, so maybe that's a little bit reason why I don't quite have that trust it's the most recent like most recently i don't trust nxt to definitely sell me on like a north american championship match for pay-per-view when it was almost blind faith at one point i didn't even have to think about it <laughs> i would be i would be into the match that take come takeover i knew i would be now that's not the same uh yeah i've, I've tried to come up a different way then my column tried to come up with different reasons why is that though why am I not as on NXT as I used to be? You know, have they changed? Have my taste changed? Has the scene changed a bit? Uh, changing my view of everything? The answer, I think, is yes to every one of those. Uh, but but still, give me Kushida Gogano, even if I'm not super invested in the story they're trying to tell or get the super behind Kushida as a hero character, I can get right behind <laughs> Gogano versus Kushida as a match itself. Yeah, happy little nerd imp. Uh, after this, we got a long run of little bits and VTRs. A, a wee shot of Dexter Loomis sitting on the ringside platforms with an electronic easel. Uh, during the course of the show, we see his pretty picture evolve. At first, it starts off just the New Year's Evil image, just the drawn outlines of it. Then later on, he coloured it in uh, and uh, told us he's the host for the special TV show on January 6th. So fair to say, tad of a lower key host than Shotzi Blackheart at <laughs> Halloween Havoc. <laughs> just a smidge, <laughs> just a little bit. But also, uh, yeah, fine, I guess. Cool. I was, the, the, I was never massively high in the Loomis character, but the Grimes rivalry just really turned me off to a point where I don't care. So they can easily rebuild. I've seen NXT to do a rivalry, it's not exactly clicked with everybody. And, the next, and they've done a little bit of rehab and they've fixed it before. So I don't... I don't not trust them for that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Because I wasn't massively into the character before this rivalry. Uh, da, 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 I don't know, maybe she's just not a character for me. And in the past, I've said, it gives me a little bit of a vibe of somebody like Elias, where he just doesn't really fit the super indie kind of style of NXT, but on the main roster, he might be right at home, as long as they can get their head around his character and not just making creepy bastard. We saw that in TNA. We, see, we saw how bad... You can screw up the, this kind of Loomis-like character and act, just go too far into creepy. But no, just, I feel like they're doing a decent balance where this act could work on the main roster. Just not in NXT. Uh, again, the vibe in NXT has shifted anyway. It's not what it was. There's so many interferences and things. Uh, main roster things creeping in. Uh, maybe it's the attempt to try and keep you engaged on this television and not switch, switch over to AW. But for me, it's had the opposite effect. It's too much. I liked the Tranquil NXT building. I like I like the purpose it fed for WWE. But now as a sole TV show. And maybe that's why I grain a bit on Champo and Gargano. Where it says like, yeah, I like the purpose of NXT. The, the idea of permanent wrestlers there because it's on TV now. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Again, we've only just gone past the first year. I've got years to decide <laughs> on my opinion on this. 
Uh, anyway, after that, we got a nice Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley VTR revisiting their rivalry, which spanned across NXT UK onto a takeover and addressing the new dynamic between the two, with Ripley now the incredibly overstar babyface and Tony Storm the just turned heel. Or recently turned, it's been a, it's been a, over a month. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, a really good video package telling about their past and things that happened after they stopped wrestling each other and what has happened recently. Yeah, so I really dug it. Yeah, El Legado del Fantasma, they got they, uh, their own little promo as well. Kind of just reminded that the NXT Cruiserweight Champion does exist. That's about it. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, sim- very In a very similar vein to all their other promos. Yeah, honestly, if you put these near each other, I wouldn't be able to tell you much at all. <laughs> to, like, tell them apart, really. They kind of blend in a bit. Uh, I don't feel that strongly about them, really. They get the characters over. So it does its job. Yeah, Shotty Blackheart, she got an interview on her match with Hartwell that was going to take place later in the show. Uh, she's not taken Candice's antics and little War Games trophy with the little Shotzi doll on it. <laughs> she's not taking that very well. She's going to break the lass's best friend tonight. So, yeah. Again, uh, Shotzi goes still going after Candice. And because she didn't get the one-on-one match with Candice, you can continue what's going on here. Into... A genuine surprise for the night. Uh, Tyler Rust versus Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa? I was thinking of a way to... I'm trying to think. Do I put a load of emphasis on him immediately or not? I've done the pause now. Ciampa, immediately! <laughs> grabbing a chair and setting it up on the ramp. Draping a Thatcher shirt over it. No chair shenanigans this week. Instead, an open invitation to a front row seat. Uh, commentary like an overzealous science teacher. We're going to learn a lot about Rust in these next 15 minutes. Uh, speaking of teachers, after a, a couple of matches, uh, sorry, matches, a couple of minutes, Thatcher did indeed make his way out from minute one. The former NXT champion more concerned with him than the student in the ring, leading to a ton of offense for the lad. But that only resulted in like angering Champa. Uh, each subsequent fight back seemed to just piss off Tampa more and more. Rust working as a like a great showcase of Thatcher's teachings being effective. Even if the student's execution wasn't perfect. So, oh, just the little things he was doing in there. The way he was going for the arm bars and things. It's like, oh, there's a, there was some attention to detail there. Like he had been learning from Thatcher. So, oh, I, I liked it. He gets Thatcher's character over without him even being in the ring. <laughs> I think that's great. Uh, to my surprise, this became an actual showcase for us. Like, some genuine time to, like, yeah, get him some respect, get him over. Some really nice offense and counters from the lad until he met his end. Widow's Bell draped DDT to win the match after a series of increasingly angry Champa chops and strikes. Uh, an impressive showing for Rust, uh, with the commentators putting over the respect earned with that performance. After the match, Thatcher was held off on attacking Champa by the security, or unless it was just the referees. Rather pissed off himself with how that match played out with uh, Champa just outdoing him. And uh, yes, because he did come down Thatcher. But it ended up just being a little distraction for Champa, who easily dealt with him and read everything he tried to do. Uh, but that gave Rust a little in. But of course, it's the next little thing of Ch- uh, Thatcher doesn't really care about his students. And the little thing there where he didn't care really that he'd given Rust an advantage, he was just pissed off at Champa besting him in that little bit. Uh, again, nice little character things. Uh, really enjoying. Really enjoyed uh, this little match. It caught me off guard because as soon as it started, I was like, "This might be five minutes." I could skip to the widow's belt. <laughs> was what I was thinking. Uh, but uh, that's, uh, again, doing the review. That's my that's my brain of if I'm not doing a review, I kind of just think I don't want to waste my time. There's so much wrestling to watch. Might just skip this. Uh, but no, in reality, they gave it time and they gave got, they garnered Rust a lot of respect. So well done, well done NXT for that. Yeah, well, well done Champa as well. Uh, really, really, really well done stuff. And uh, I did when Vic Joseph said that over the next fifteen minutes, tonight we're going to be learning a lot about Rust. And I was just like, oh, it's not going to last fifteen though, is it? It, it did. It was, <laughs> it was like a word word foretelling of what was booked on the card. <laughs> so yeah, and we did learn about a lot about Rust. Yeah, uh, the. VTR heavy, or promo package heavy nature of the show continued. Uh, grizzled young veterans, they got their own one now and a reminder of their Dusty Road Classic run before the pandemic and uh, what they're all about and what they're here now for. 
both men are great. Uh, Zach Gibson, obviously, the standout in terms of just the way he talks. You just want to boo him just immediately. Uh, but yeah, both lads seem to have this act nailed. Again, this is, for me, this is an act that I have seen on the uh, British wrestling scene for, for I want to say, a few years now. Uh, so for a little while, but like, they, yeah, they've really gelled. They are a really good, t- good team, and to see them in WWE slowly guarding that same level of respect, it's good to see. Good to see it when I, again when you've seen it on that little level, <laughs> on that smaller indie level, then you see that same kind of character and actually just blossom onto a bigger scene. Yeah, it's really nice to see. Mm. Mm, more tea. Uh, number one contenders match for the NXT Championship: Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne. Right. First of all, of course this was great. <laughs> it was like a dream match for many. Like middle of the show, but given its gravitas via the hype of uninterrupted broadcast. I mean, it, it was interrupted, but I guess picture-in-picture adverts still show the match. So it's like a technically uninterrupted. But as soon as it goes to picture-in-picture, I can't concentrate on it. So I do wide forward. Um, for, so for me, they are adverts. <laughs> it's because I can't really concentrate on what's going on. Uh, plus, the uh, pre-match brawl of chaos beforehand ensured our one-on-one. No shenanigans, which I've been criticising NXT for, throwing our way a tad too often lately. Just ensuring a nice little atmosphere had been set up for this number one contenders match. Really quick and smooth together. Fantastic getting to see the top-notch chemistry between these two. Plenty of strikes, submissions, uh, submission counters at such an impressive speed. The physicality showing on both men as the match went on. A damn difficult challenge for O'Reilly to overcome in order to get his rematch with Balor. The victory in their ladder match for Dunn was a nice evener to make me believe either man could win. So even though O'Reilly had got that big push against Balor, and a rematch felt very likely to me. However, because Pete Dunn won the last one, when you're watching the match itself, you've You've seen him beat him, so that really helps. Even if you, even if, when I was watching this, I was like, "Well, for me, O'Reilly's definitely winning," <laughs> just in terms of like momentum and things. Uh, however, because uh, Dunard won recently, whenever he got offense in, I was I was able to forget that. <laughs> I'm able to put that aside and just fall for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that was good. And to be fair, um, that's one benefit of these TV specials as well. Like you can believe rising talent have the chance to win and get their showcase against the champion because it's not a takeover. So you can use it to elevate somebody like Kyle O'Reilly, for example, in the past. So would it have been out of the question for Dunn to win? For me, no, it would not have been out of question. And the match itself, a, a war of a back and forth. Both lads bloody knackered by the thir- final third of it. Dunn powering O'Reilly down just that little bit harder, stomping on the man's arms with unrelenting force. The quick counters of both on increasing display. Lots of smart little ways for each man to block the offense of the other. A, a brain buster gave Kyle a massive swing of momentum. Uh, able to stagger back up and follow with some st- follow down with some stiff strikes. Knocking the mouth guard out of Dunn before suplexing the lad right on his noggin. Oof. <laughs> a, uh, a nice twist with the baddie and Dunn getting put over for his resiliency after that. Uh, uh, Wade Barrett did a fantastic job. Just I, I've never seen a suplex landing that bad, <laughs> and he keeps going. It's like, yeah, just a great way to put him over. Also, that was apparently my Barrett voice. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, the end came after uh, a, another oof suplex, and this time off the apron to the outside. Oh, uh, it, 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 to me, the landing seemed fine. Just you know, very. Very painful sounding. <laughs> yeah, made a loud splat. Uh, O'Reilly rolling Pete back in with the lads more draped over the bottom rope than fully rolling in. Uh, and the undisputed era man flew off the top with a stiff AF knee. And immediately, he did. <laughs> he did. Kyle O'Reilly's got his rematch with Balor. Immediately to pin the lad. Uh, some really high quality wrestling telly that. Really good match. Uh, they gave it the time as well to evolve, and the ending for me was uh, the thing I've, I ask for so often in wrestling. But to see a f- finish which just makes all the sense in the world because he did. <laughs> so if you've made, if you've done everything you can to make me believe he did, don't have them kick out. That's one of my, um, I guess, criticisms sometimes of the AEW show. I mean, it's a different style of wrestling. It's a very indie influenced show. To be fair, so's NXT. But <laughs> my point being. Um, 
if they go the, out of their way to to sell to me, he did, like they did here, uh, with that knee off the top rope. For me, if Dunn had kicked out, I wouldn't have been as into the, whatever the following ending was, because it would have had to, unless they spent the time to build back up to something new. Uh, for me, this was a, like a, a really strong ending. He got that he got that suplex off the apron, knocking all the wind out of him, and O'Reilly successfully capitalises with a stiff as hell knee off the top rope. Uh, yeah, driving the man's head into the mat. He's not kicking out of that. One, two, three. Carl O'Reilly's facing Balor at New Year's Evil on January sixth. Mm. But yeah, again, it's a. Uh, Kevin Owens is another one who doesn't necessarily have to finish his matches with his finisher. If you do the big thing, and you, and you do, you try to convince me, like, oh man, he dead. He must be dead. He must be out. Yeah, then don't then do a kick out. <laughs> if, you, if you've painted it so strongly as he dead, then he dead. <laughs> One, two, three. Uh, obviously, it turns out it's, it's not this, it's not always, as in if. On one move, you're trying to show, show me that. That's different. In this one, it's like a string of momentum. So it's like a string of momentum selling it to me rather than just, oh my God, he nailed that move or that couple of moves. Uh, anyway, after this, we got a Rhea Ripley interview. Uh, Rips into Gonzalez for backing down last week. Uh, tonight against Tony Storm, she's going to show her up for the trash she is. Uh, no Io Shirai. Uh, Zia Lee and Bo VTR. These continue to be an absolute highlight. Consistently great production as the two are put through the rigours of whatever this is. Uh, this week, Jaya forced to strike Bo over and over till he's bloody and broken. Uh, and to be fair, she must have been emotionally and physically herself. Uh, yeah, they're not really showing who the Asian lady is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and whoever she is seems to be the leader of this thing. Uh, but yeah, again, I'm still continuing to get pretty strong Lucha Underground vibes from it. As in, you're seeing the influence of that within this show. And I don't know if part of it is the high TV quality production to these video packages. Uh, but I think I said last week when I had uh, James Boyd on from the One Nation radio podcast, where I was just like, like, if this is... Because NXT quite often gets the kind of latest tech and they test it out on NXT, get the camera people trained on it, then it goes to the main roster... And or or it's just little things again, like the electronic Titantron board appeared in NXT first before going to the main roster. Little things like that. And if this is the latest one, and the video packages on the main roster will soon be of this quality, or or it's a way to improve the cinematic matches, which have been a bit hit and miss quality wise. Yeah, this is a massive step forward. The production of these little video packages, because uh, I noticed it with War Games and Shotzi Blackhearts ones as well, that like, they were so high, and it's a lot closer to what Lucha Underground were doing. And yeah, I am all for it. <laughs> these have been fantastic. Again, depends what the act is. I've seen quite a lot of people be like, well, as soon as they debut, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be fantastic. And I'm, I've watched it going, I mean, these video packages are amazing. I'm really enjoying them. I think they're fantastic. I haven't really got any cons for them. But we still don't really know what the act is. <laughs> don't know what it. Don't know anything about it to really judge whether it might work in in front of people. I mean, they're doing a very good job of hyping and building up whatever it is, keeping you interested in. Well, what on earth is this? Showing you, literally, only showing you shadows. But we'll uh, we'll see. Again, I can't. Again, uh, I can't. It falls on both sides. But I can't criticize something if we're. It's literally a building block. Was it? Well, it's building to a thing. Can't really criticise what NXT's doing in that regard. Uh, it falls the other way as well. I can't really praise something if I don't know what, what it. If I don't know what the act is yet, <laughs> I'm not gonna get. Oh my god, it'd be amazing when this act is on the screen. I can't wait. Like, I don't. I have no information <laughs> to make that call. <laughs> uh, I'm so bad at hot takes. <laughs> I do not have the required information. All I can say is these value packages are fantastic, and it bodes well. I'll, I'll use that phrase. It bodes well for their eventual debut, whatever the act is, purely because of how strong and seemingly clear, uh, with such clear direction to what they're doing as well. Uh, again, seeing it's a thing NXT and AW both do, and I criticise the main roster for all the time. It's it's surprising what you can do when you've and little little nods and things you can put in your show each week when you've done this wild idea called written your story, and you're not writing it week to week or like month to month like no you've written your story start to finish no matter how long it, no matter how long it's going to be and it feels like with Jali and Bo's act 
they've got a clear direction for it and it's massively benefiting from it whatever it is again we'll see when they debut whether how true that holds up but it just feels because maybe it's the production level of it as well yeah very clear idea and we're slowly being let into that world so yeah massive thumbs up I can feel my voice going a bit take a quick sip mmm bister random British gravy reference. <laughs> uh, that's Indy, Indy Hartwell. I don't know. I don't know why I started so much there. Indy Hartwell was with the way as she faced Shotzi Blackheart, the two newer faces to the NXT Women's Division this past year, getting a nice little feature, a, a decent back and forth with Shotzi, possibly the competitor gradually increasing her edge throughout the match until the attempted weapon attack. Candice with a distraction, the trophy handed to Hartwell. But still the student, she fails to take out Shotzi without being seen. Immediate DQ and swiftly into a post-match beatdown from the way. A wicked stepsister. I've not heard it called that before, but here we are. A stomp from Candice and Shotzi lays on the mat in pain with Hartwell taunting over the top of her out-cold body. So yeah, a, uh, another thing where Candice and Johnny feel like they're the leaders at the top of this group for a reason and Theory and Hartwell have got a lot to learn. And I like that we saw that in kind of both matches. We saw, we saw strengths from both Hartwell and Theory and we saw their weaknesses. And I feel like it showcased them really well on both. So yeah. And of course with Chelsea Blackheart you got a similar thing here. Where she was gaining that edge and then just gets just hit with the DQ. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So she doesn't she does get the win technically but she doesn't get the momentum. I guess it's a better way to put it. A better way to put it. After this, uh, another the VTR heavy show continues. Bronson Reed returning next week is confirmed. Uh, great to see that lad black back. I was wondering where he'd gone. Obviously, he must have been injured in some capacity, or or whatever. But he, yeah, he was really impressing. And then in the ladder match, he was again really impressing that as well. His new theme really got him over. And it's like, well, surely he's going to be one of the big names for the uh, NXT North American scene. And it just vanished. Uh, now he's back though, so... To be fair, I did earlier say that it could be Kushida going for Gargano. I can't see anybody else. I can see someone else, and that man's name is Bronson Reed. But again, all one of those, he's returning next week. That doesn't mean he's definitely going after Gargano. Even though that's what... I, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> just immediately put him back in. Have him, get, have him have an amazingly dominant run. Get a really rated him. Uh, another one where I can only go, oh, I loved him, was Jonah Rock. <laughs> but I, I was impressed with him on the indie scene. So seeing him in NXT uh, just improve, <laughs> continue to improve at such a great level, uh, that's great to see. I can't wait to see uh, him return. Uh, yeah, very quickly I've become like, one of my favourite acts in NXT. Yeah, the penultimate match of the night, I call it a match, Karrion Cross versus Desmond Troy, a... We return display for the TikTok time boy. Uh, Carrion beats the crap out of our jobby McJob face for this week. The Doomsday Saito took Troy out. The Jacket Sleeper secured the quick dominance. And that's that. Just a wee return. And yet yeah, 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 to see him dominant in the ring. And this is how they're getting him over beforehand. Just have him destroy somebody before Priest then rolls out. It's like, hey. And then Cross is like, hey. Uh, and then they punch each other. I'm assuming that's how this feud is going to go. <laughs> I'm not expecting a high caliber, incredible promos between the two in this one. Yeah, Swerve interview. So after last week, when I had uh, James Boyd on the show and uh, Rich Lasser was in the chat and being this up for a reason, and uh, we're talking about Swerve turning heel. Uh, Rich Lasser is working as producer on Swerve's album, so has had many a chat with the man himself and was in utter bemusement <laughs> at the audacity to turn that man heel, given the natural ability to be such a strong baby face. And I feel like this was a, if they are turning him heel, this was a very important promo. <laughs> Just the audacity to do it uh, with a guy like Swerve. And uh, yeah, I feel like this was a decent this was a decent promo. Saying that his reactions were had been blown out of proportion. Like he's just a competitive person reacting to a loss. He doesn't like to lose. And it's like, yeah, well, that makes sense in this world. That, that's good to hear. And uh, next week, that he and uh, what is his name? Jake Atlas, he and Jake Atlas will have a rematch. This time it'll be a different result. And uh, yeah, so I felt like 
that was like an in-between promo when somebody's doing a slightly slower turn to the heel side or to the dark side. And uh, so it's like, I'm not a bad guy. I, I just obviously, I'm, we're in an environment where competition is high and obviously I'm not happy when I lose. <laughs> That's all that was. Uh, but whenever he mentioned Jake Atlas, he seemed to have a reaction. Like, even though he, he's a good guy and all that stuff, Jake Atlas just brings a certain reaction out of him. He just wants to beat him up or something like that. <laughs> but yes, uh, I felt this was a decent development on what we saw last week. We'll see how strong it is once we like, see it in presentation. Maybe next week we'll see him what's, what's super different about him. Uh, but yeah, he's got the natural swagger about him. Where I reckon he could pull it off. It was just how strong he was as a as a white score. How strong he was as a good as a good guy act. We'll see. We'll see if he can. Uh, <laughs> well, I reckon he'll pull it off. It's just as a babyface, he was so easy to get behind. Just really not really given much momentum to ever work with. <laughs> Put to the cruiserweight division, which again, so before it's like challenger of the month. It's good to see two cruiserweights doing absolutely nothing about the title. It's a feud between them. Yeah, the divisions needed it because it felt so shallow. Not sure this will definitely give it the gravitas it needs, but I guess it's better than nothing. Yeah, Evervise then steps in to stop Mackenzie's transition away from this segment. They requested their loss last week shouldn't count given it was just a it wasn't a tag. It was a four and two handicap. Uh, they were also very shouty. That's the best way to describe that promo. When you watch it, you'll get <laughs> it's just like uh, just shouting in Mackenzie's face. Ooh. Um, I've, to be fair I felt like it was a decent heel promo with the you want to go bro you want to go <laughs> just uh, dickheads <laughs> thought they did that very well uh, Finn Balor then gave us a seated VTR again I said video package heavy show gives respect to O'Reilly uh, for his win and uh, on January 6th it won't be match number 2 between them it'll be the end so yeah a, th- a uh, promise turned into a bit of a threat there and again, uh, this, uh, given how the first match went, it's not going to be difficult to build hype for it. Just, rem- just yeah, continue to build in this manner, I reckon. Like you got the number one contender fighting over that really difficult hur- hurdle in Pete Dunne, really impressing once again. And then you got the ch- confident champion, but the difference is, is he in form now? He's not wrestled in quite a while. He's becoming a special attraction. Yeah. Uh, Pete, Pete and Cross also confirmed news evil after this bit. And uh, during the main event, for some reason, during the main event, five minutes, like five minutes from the end of the show, uh, they were like, oh, oh, by the way, it's a very Gargano Christmas set for next week. If you want to tune into the festive goodness. <laughs> it's like, uh, right, okay, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Again, that's New Year's Eve Eve. So, uh, imp be busy. Yeah, uh, anyway, then on to the main event for the show. Again, you can tell when the episode of NXT... Uh, I feel a bit more positive about it when there's I've just got stuff written down about it. Last week I was done within 30 minutes, blabbled on for the final 10. If that. <laughs> and this week, uh, yeah, I've made about 40 minutes full of content. And this It just it was a better episode of NXT for me. It wasn't hard. Even though it dragged in places, overall it gave me a lot more to chew on and get excited for New Year's Eve with. Anyway, Tony Storm versus Ray Ripley. The former NXT women's Aussies head-to-head in the main event of NXT itself. Another top-notch offering from these two. Uh, The first with their face-heel roles reversed after the two have risen through WWE's ranks. Yet another showcase of a great pairing NXT... Great pairing NXT women's pairing? That's crap. Of a great pairing in the NXT women's division. (laughs) There we go, figured that one out. As I keep praising, there's so much depth and variety in this division... At the strength of Ripley on display once again, but against a tough competitor who's always had her number to a degree. Uh, this time, Storm unafraid to use underhand tactics too, an edge she never had before. And uh, yeah, it built really nicely. and uh, Got all across all of those points we're talking about. But uh, Raquel Gonzalez attempted to make the save, seemed to fail at first and flop weirdly <laughs> over the barricade. Timing was a little bit off. It's, it's fine. It still got across what was happening. But a little later... She was able to pull Ripley off of the apron and launch the Aussie into the ring post. Tony Storm quickly in with the corner hip attack and followed up with the Storm Zero for the win. And Tony Storm gets her win. For me, uh, she's on the list of people to elevate pretty quickly to Io Shirai. For Io Shirai to beat. <laughs> she's at that level for me. Well, she's new enough to NXT and uh, she's gaining momentum enough to be believable as a contender. 
but also not win. As in, she's like she's not really like she could get the match, but she's not ready to actually win it. On the flip side of that, the only reason really I can definitely say that is because you've got Ripley versus Gonzalez to get through first before you strap Gonzalez to the moon, and that's kind of what I would do. Like. And that means that you give Yoshivaya a longer run just because Gonzalez, who is soaring at the moment, <laughs> just improving so strongly. Give Gonzalez and, and Ray Ripley, give the two hosses the big hoss match. You know, Tomohiro Ishii, Shingo Takaki, big muscles clashing. <laughs> meat on meat, <laughs> as, as Big E puts it. But yeah, so you can build more hype for Gonzalez by having that match with Ripley. And in the meantime... Io Shirai garners another win. Her, her title reign feels more significant. Then she can lose to Gonzalez. That's personally what I'd do. Because, uh, again, with I guess there's one absolutely massive curveball. And, it, and uh, it's like a, ma- a massive outside influence that may change everything for me. Uh, it's not TLC. <laughs> Even though we might see something shake up at TLC. I don't know. I feel like TLC might be like a decent show. Really, as in, we've got this done, we're going to just nail this show and in the process worry about Raw. Or I don't know if TLC will be all changed up because of what happened with Raw. But yes, Monday Night Raw, setting a record low. If I'm right, it was it was lower than the NXT AEW night. As in, officially now, the Wednesday Night Wars, I guess, are drawing more than Raw is. If, if that's right. So that's not a great sign. <laughs> it's really not a great sign for WWE. Apparently, we lots of reports of that being a wake-up call, and uh, maybe changes made for Raw. I think I, I put out a tweet just saying, for me, it feels the way the kind of landscape is shifting. This can't just be another quick thing, like a plaster to put over it, or look at this shiny, because cool shiny thing. Like it needs like actual time to be thought out. Whatever this change is. It needs to be a bit more drastic than here's four people you like. like or Again, because an immediate joke was to bring out from twenty eighteen, end of 2018 with the McMahon family and Triple H. And, uh, is he separate? <laughs> Him coming at the four of them standing in the ring saying, we apologise, uh, we are listening, we're going to be making changes. Here's four people from NXT. They had zero plans for those people on NXT. It was just a panic call when they had a... Massive ratings fall. You're like you're tuning out of this product. We are aware you are tuning out. We're going to do our best to pull you back in and give you what you want. And they gave four people for next day. They did the video packages, and it was months until any of them were used in any capacity. <laughs> like no plans for them. Then there was another one in February with Tommaso Ciampa, Gar- Gargano, and two others. It was Alistair Black and Ricochet. Just randomly, second panic button in February. Again, no plans for them. Just caught up. And this is what I mean by the massive curveball in terms of NXT. In terms of me saying, oh, you can do this, you can do that. You can hold off giving Gonzalez the strap because he can then do it later and make the reins feel more important. And you get uh, Raquel Gonzalez over as an even bigger monster when she does do it. But then the massive curveball is the awful rating on Raw. What state will the NXT Women's Division be in by New Year's Evil? <laughs> just a, an immediate thought just of, what is going to happen in terms of the shake-up? Last time they were, did their big, they had their big wake-up call. They did that thing on, on Raw two years ago, and it was followed by months of pressing the reset button. Look at this new shiny thing, and I think we got about three and half a year. We got them walking out. We got the random four call-ups in February. Then we got the wild card rule and all that jazz along with the uh, trades for what's it called the draft? That's the word, and yeah. And it wasn't called draft, was it? It's superstar shakeup. Yeah, that was it. So we got like a six-month period with three resets in it. Uh, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> and I want to say there were little things in between as well, but seemingly each one wasn't a plan, and things were then changed in like the next week and stuff. And he saw the inconsistency with wildcard rule, uh, and uh, yeah. So for me, raw this time, it, it, you can't not do that again. <laughs> that burnt me out in that 2018 2019 it's still fresh in my mind and for me you gotta you gotta put more thought behind it whatever this change is it's either got to be more drastic or more thought out like with like you like you know what you're doing when you're doing this it's not a panic ratings are down let's do a thing like it needs to be more than that uh, and that's what I, thought, what I want I want substance 
<laughs> and, and AEW for me are delivering on that and the story front. And I don't know if WWE noticed that. For me, they've built up some players really well to whatever these changes may be. They can launch off with these people, be it Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, what have you. And hell, the change might just be ending the brand split. It could be that simple. Just pack the show with the Raw and SmackDown superstars. And that is your fix. It could be as simple as that. Or again, don't do the like the Raw, the super show thing from <laughs> like a decade ago. Uh, but yeah, that's what it has to be for me. But the big effect is whenever these things happen, there's a high chance of an NXT raid. Again, we saw it in 2018-19. We saw, I think it was eight people. The first lot, I think, were Heavy Machinery, Nikki Cross, Lacey Evans, and EC3. And like none of like that first year, I think Lacey Evans was the first one to get a genuine feature, and that was in the spring slash summer after WrestleMania. Before then, uh, right, <laughs> it's a little bit weird, and like no one really got featured until months down the line. Uh, yeah, so yeah. The second one, they were featured a lot heavier because look at these amazing wrestlers. But again, it was a, a quick fit, a quick injection of NXT without any plan. And uh, Gogano and Champa, unfortunate due to injury, uh, but still, there was no plan for them. They just wanted to do stuff. And yeah, and I feel like it's there's a chance it'll happen again here. They all she said it was something, or and I won't be surprised if we get a few NXT call ups, and maybe and I just think. Very high up that list, Rhea Ripley or Raquel Gonzalez. Just because of how strongly Raquel Gonzalez is growing and how she would be like an absolute dream to Vince McMahon on that main roster. Uh, for me, they uh, it could be either one of them. It could be both, but yeah. Because Ripley's seen as such a star, she wouldn't be a bad call to go up. But that means, do you get your match in New Year's Evil or not? Because been holding it off with the host stare-downs. Is it they go? Oh crap! Suddenly we can't do this because <laughs> Ripley's got to go uh, to the main roster. We'll wait and see. We'll see what it is. Uh, for me, that's the big shake-up in terms of New Evil. They're putting down the blocks really well on NXT itself, but there's that massive outside influence of what the hell is going to happen on the main roster. Like like they're in disarray over the incredibly low rating for Raw. Like, people are t- tuning out. So yeah, and somebody put out the meme of. Uh, it was Triple H mocking internet fans, which I'm personally fine with. I think, uh, who is it? Uh, Pat McAfee, I think, does it really well. <laughs> uh, he, he zones in on that internet audience really, like, really. To be fair, maybe he's just like, well, I'm one of them. I know how to take the piss out of myself. <laughs> it's one of, those th- one of those things. But Triple H was mocking them a couple of years ago with, um, what did he say? It's like, oh, I'm going to stop watching. And I don't like, I don't like the way that you're doing this thing. I'm going to stop watching. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things where, in the at the time, there was a lot of kind of people talking like that. You saw that. You saw that way of talking quite a lot, like in the middle of this decade, where there were people throwing the uh, toys out the pram over, the, especially over the Roman Reigns push, just because they just didn't care. Massively turned on him as a core audience, and <laughs> they pushed him anyway. And it was yeah, a really weird time to be a wrestling fan. It, it became a norm as well. Uh, again, that happens in wrestling. But in that period, the friendship Triple H made that comment, and it, in that com- in that in that world, it totally made sense of a thing you'd expect somebody <laughs> someone in high up in WWE to say. But now, people have stopped watching, and since he made that comment, millions have stopped watching. Or was it just a million? I can't remember what it was at that specific point. Um, yeah, and the ratings continue to fall. Something drastic is needed because uh, again, I've got I've got a list of again. There's a reason I I can I kind of rate Monday Night Raw and SmackDown on a completely different ratings level to NXT and AW, and it's it feels like a pure competency thing. I don't know if that's right, but yeah, turns so anyway, that's as a massive tangent. I can save that for later down the line. I've got TLC on Sunday. Uh, I need to save the energy for that one. So anyway, that's the end of this review. I just wanted to make a big point that I wouldn't be surprised if New Year's Evil ends up getting shaken up purely because of what's happening on the main roster, just giving like an awe, a, a, a jolt of uncertainty into NXT. Like, what wrestlers will they even have by New Year's Evil? Uh, so, I just want to... For me, that's a little thing that's there. Anyway, wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens on Raw. Uh, I, I will not be here for the Raw review. TLC is where my year ends for wrestling. I will be... Oh, I need American wrestling. 
Uh, so I'll be live with, uh, uh, not about LOP, with Wrestling Headlines Aftershock immediately after TLC on Sunday night. Up late, but it's the last one. <laughs> and then I'm off for the year. I'll be doing an end of year awards with uh, Sir Sam, the Australian. But I think we record that in like a, a week into January or something like that, maybe later than that. Gotta get people to vote on the Wrestling Headlines website. So the, uh, the voting for that will be going up shortly if it's not up already. I should have checked that before I came on. Yeah, but I will be live immediately after Aftershock. And there's also, I think I'll be penning, uh, the, yeah, Skits Christmas wish list. I'm taking part in that again. And there's also the thingamabob, the uh, writing stuff for Vessel Kingdom. That's it. <laughs> Vessel Kingdom will be my, I think, official return to the Airways after TLC. So I'll be back with the both nights of Vessel Kingdom, highlight of the year. It's crazy to th just think that last year's Wrestle Kingdom was indeed this year, <laughs> which is mental. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom as always. I'm not as hyped or into the character stuff as normal. Part of that is I've had to tune out because, uh, yeah, I could feel the fatigue after the G1 Climax. I just zoned out. Like, I'll be back for Wrestle Kingdom. It's too condensed. I need my G1 Blues. I need my recovery. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, I will... Be here for TLC on Sunday. Then I'm taking Christmas New Year's off. I'll be back for Wrestle Kingdom. Really looking forward to it. Anyway, NXT. Uh, do you think they're also building to Nia's Evil relatively fine right now? It's building up to be an exciting night of television with night two of AW's New Year thing and NXT's as well. So, and that is the day. Of course, in the morning we'll have New Year's Dash <laughs> from New Japan. Uh, it's a new year. Yes, it is. It will be, uh, yeah, so Wrestle Kingdom, then New Year's Dash in the morning, then both <laughs> NXT and AEW with their New Year's stuff at night. It's fair to say it's shaping up quite nicely, that, that three-day period. If we get that all the time, yeah, <laughs> call me in. Anyway, with that, I say thank you for listening, thank you for watching, thank you for five-starring, uh, subscribing, clicking the bell, uh, giving us a nice rating, whatever, any form of engagement all for it here on Messing Headless Radio. You can also donate via Red Circle. Uh, link to Red Circle is in the description. So with that, I'd say thank you for listening, watching, and all that other jazz. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the damn implicat. The damn's in damn. You can read my columns over at Messing Headlines. And uh, I can't remember if I put a link for that in the description, but if you go over to Messing Headlines, you'll see stuff. Or I'm not currently on the main page, but all the other fantastic writers are. Just read anything. <laughs> it's all great. Uh, so with that, uh, I bid you adieu. I'm going to finally sign off. With that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.